All right, hello and welcome to Jackman Radio. I'm your host, Eric Jackman. And I'm your co-host, Mike Jackman. And uh, we're changing things up a little bit here. It's 2021. Uh, As you can probably hear, we have a way better sound, uh, way better audio equipment. And on third mic, we have Ricky Gray. Ricky Gray, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm very happy to be here. We are in an undisclosed uh, basement bunker location in New Hampshire, courtesy of Ricky Gray. Um, back from Texas, just off the bus, and uh, we're very excited. We have some big changes coming for Jackman Radio uh, starting today, and uh, if you like what we do, you're interested in what we have to say, you want to see us keep going, um, we do have a Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash jackmanradio. We've done a lot of great things the last five years. We've had a lot of incredible guests, politicians, movie stars, um, writers, other celebrities, personalities, people in politics, and we want to keep that going, and we need your help to do that. We're talking, you know, when we can, uh, when it's COVID safe, in-studio stuff, uh, stuff over Zoom, um, Skype, you know, phone, interviews. Uh, right now, it's just us in studio, and we're looking at some big guests for this year, but uh, what's going on with our YouTube, Eric? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> really excited about this. Yeah, our YouTube is uh, Jackman Radio. And, um, you know, coming up soon here in the next uh, few episodes, we want to get a video component going to the podcast and start maybe live streaming or filming um, our recordings. So we have a visual element to it, which I think people will enjoy, um, which is, you know, kind of standard for podcasts. And if you have guests in studio, it's cool to have uh, have that visual video. So um, I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, our... our our, our best friend here, Ricky, who we've known, uh, what are we, we're in 2021 now? Almost 20 go years, back. probably. What year, Humby? Like 2019, <laughs> 2019. Yeah. Uh, 2001, 2002, yeah, maybe? Probably, yeah. Early high year. school. Yeah, early, early high school, late middle school. Yeah, so like, that's like 2000, 2001, 2002, so. Yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, so uh, Rick uh, <laughs> Rick just moved back from Texas. Uh with his uh, son and his uh, beautiful wife, who we love, his, his wife's amazing, and uh, Mike and I actually officiated their wedding, so that's uh, that's pretty. That's Jack and, and they're trivia. still married. Yeah, yeah go figure. So we have a, we have a we, we have, have a totally bollocks it up for everybody. <laughs> we have a great record there. Good luck. <laughs> but yeah, hey, have a nice life. Uh, yeah, I'll be back in some form. Have a nice life. But yeah, they uh, just moved back from the great state of Texas, and uh, Ricky was producing and engineering and helping us with our podcast and. Now we're doing it in person, so I think this is uh, this is exciting. This is exciting times. It is. It's good to have you guys here. We're living for it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And you've been you've been uh, producing a couple of bands in Texas, uh, including one or two of your own, and now you're doing that remotely. Or you're helping the band that you left. They got a replacement drummer, but you're still kind of helping them with the releasing and mastering of the material. Yeah. So. Uh, I played in two different bands down there. Um, I, I recorded them, and then I, I helped them get in, in touch with my buddies who does mixing and mastering. I'm um, helping a little bit on social media, marketing, um, networking down there um, in the meantime. So they, they did find another drummer, which I'm happy for them. We're actually releasing two singles this Sunday. Uh, the band's called High Score. It's a pop punk band. For fans like Newfound Glory, State Champs, Blink-182, um, stuff like that. So it's exciting. It's very uh, catchy stuff. Thank I you. Read the, I really I like it. I, 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 Ricky's played me a couple tracks, and uh, it's very crisp. It's very catchy. It reminds me of like 2000. It's American Pie soundtrack. 2000 to 2003. You know, you're in high school. You have your whole life in front of you. You're There's still, no COVID. You're still happy. You, you, you still have hair. You can still, you know, get erect very easily. And uh, <laughs> there's no COVID. And anything's possible. And that's the kind of uh, the warm vibes and the uh, vision that the music, you know, evokes. So check that out. They're called High Score. They're on Facebook. And we will be sharing the uh, link. Uh, there's actually a couple of articles that are out talking about. Uh, they have an interview with the band. And um, the music you said will be out next week. Uh, the 31st, weeks. so this Sunday, it'll be on all streaming platforms, Spotify, um, you know, Apple Music, if you use that. I don't really know anyone who uses that. <laughs> like everyone just uses Spotify. The Russians use it. <laughs> Apple, who uses yeah. Apple? What, the Beatles? <laughs> Apple. Isn't that, isn't that Coldplay's daughter? They named her Apple. 
So Ricky has, uh, he's got a studio here where they can do, you know, music and podcasting, and we're going to, like Eric was saying, we want to introduce a video component. So that, that will be coming. We have other surprises coming, but, uh, you know, one thing at a time. So we're just, you know, very excited to be here in a new year. Yeah, it's great. Our last episode was, uh, I think, episode 69 which is a great number, and that was uh, December 16th. So a lot has happened since uh, we've done an episode and, and done a recording. I, I was there an insurrection, or what would you call January 6th? Oh, God. I, mean, I guess it depends who you talk to. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's horrible that it happened, and, and I was horrified, and I'm really sad about it. But, I, you know, you have Congress talking about uh, new laws, and Schiff had a bill in 2019 about domestic terrorists and, tracking uh, Americans and, and labeling domestic terrorists. And I just think this is a Patriot Act 2.0, and um, I don't like the sounds of it at all. And who who's a, te- who's a domestic terrorist? Well, it was you had the, the former CIA ghoul, uh, excuse me, Chief Brennan. Oh, John Brennan. Say that it was uh, included libertarians. Right. Which in our great state of New Hampshire, there's a lot of libertarians. Yeah. And these are not terrorists. No. These are people who value privacy. They value freedom. Um, they supported Gary Johnson. They supported Ron Paul. Um, I myself supported Ron Paul in uh, 2008 and 2012. Um, and, uh, you know, the people I met through that campaign were not terrorists. Ron Paul is not a terrorist. Com- complete opposite of a terrorist. In fact, I think <laughs> yeah. if he elected Ron Paul in the first place back in 2008, we wouldn't be in this fucking shit show that we're in right now. And I tell people... Um, and Ricky was there for this, I would never let my parents near any politicians. And the only time uh, my dad ever came to one of our, like, political events that we were part of or that we had going was to meet Ron Paul in Peterborough. Yeah. And we all got a picture together, Ricky and I, Ron Paul, and my dad. And uh, I'm like, you know, after the event, he spoke at Peterborough Town Hall, and I was like, you know, Dad, what did you think about Ron Paul? He's like... He tells the truth. He'll never win. <laughs> He's great, man. I love him. He's great. I liked everything he said. And, uh, you know, so I had my dad at that event, and that was t- the during the 2012? Yeah, the 2012 campaign. No, I think it was earlier or, than that. Yeah, it was 20, the 2012. It was, it was 2012. It was the 2012 Yeah, it was the 2012 campaign? race. So it was probably a 2011. And, um, and, then the, and then my mom, the only, other t- the only politician, or I don't, even, I don't really call her a politician, but the only other candidate I ever let near my mom was Tulsi Gabbard. And uh, my mom came to our birthday party that we had at Post and Beam, and Tulsi was there, and then we introduced them. And I was, I was comfortable with that, you know. And Tulsi's mother shares the same name as our mom. Yeah, Carol. Carol. So that's, as Ventura says, that's how I gauge who I want running my country. If you can bring your parents near them and you're comfortable with them meeting your parents, then they can be pre- then they can be president. Oh, it's, it's the same family test that John Taffer says. Would you serve that entree to your grandmother? No. Then why are you serving it to your customers? <laughs> I, I wouldn't bring my mom or dad around most politicians, but Tulsi Gabbard and Ron Paul, I think, are... Yeah. They're, they're not politicians. They're, they're statesmen they're, and statewomen. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a statesman. You address me as governor. Oh, I know, Mike. He earned that title. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. So we're in the first 100 days of Biden's uh, <laughs> Biden's administration, you know, and he's not lived up to, I don't know, probably 9 out of 10 promises. They've uh, He's done, what, 40 executive orders? Something like that. There's been, there's been a lot of executive orders that have been signed in the last 8 or 9 days. And, um, you know, like I've kind of contended, you're going to see more of the same. I mean, he told... He was doing a speech for some Wall Street people and some uh, donors closed off event. And he said, yeah, nothing's going to change. Fundamentally, nothing's going to change. What do you think is going to change, Eric, under Joe Biden? Uh, according to CNN, Biden has signed 42 executive actions since taking office. That's uh, just, yeah. That's way more than all the other presidents in their first couple of weeks. Yeah, nothing's going to change, man. I, I was watching him fucking, we're going to get 300, 400 million vaccines for 100 Americans. For 100 Americans, we're going to do that. <laughs> it, it's sad. It's sad. It's elderly abuse. You know How quickly is Kamala going to kick him down the stairs in their converse? Well, look, so I'm not going to the inauguration, but I'll tell you this right now. Biden is not going to be president for that long. Kamala is going to kick him right down those Capitol steps during the inauguration, believe me. So he was the first president in a hundred. Am I right? One hundred and forty-two or one hundred and fifty-two? One hundred and fifty-two years that did not go to the inauguration for his successor. What do you think about that, Ricky? Uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's kind of outrageous. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Well, it's the pomp and circumstance. I mean, so you have one president handing over to the next president the military-industrial complex, the reins of the Pentagon, um, you know, obviously uh, executive orders, all the powers of the presidency. How much is really I, – I don't see a lot changing. There's not really a lot that's going to change. You know, I remember Pence talking about uh, with Operation Warp Speed with the, you know, COVID and the vaccine, how they're going to get – all these people vaccinated, which they, they, the Trump administration could not do. They did not get done. And the Biden administration, they look like they're not on track to being able to get what they want to get done. And that's the reality of, of Republican or Democrat, no matter who's in power. I think it's the reality of our government in general. I mean, they, they're, they're discussing the percentage of the vaccines that are distributed compared to, you know, how many people have actually received them. It seems like they just threw them all out there and they're just like, you know, kind of each state fend for themselves, and the states are like, okay, we have this. Okay, what do we do now? And it's just a big shitstorm. Yeah, and so now we're seeing a third vaccine coming out through. Um, uh, it's not. Uh, I forget the name. You, you have to look up the. Is name. it Moderna? Is it Pfizer? It's not Moderna. Uh, it might be Pfizer, but it's the third one. It has a sixty-three percent. Like AstraZeneca. Something. I'll look it up. Uh, I don't know if it's what is that, it. Third COVID. Yeah, third COVID. They just released it in the last day or two that they're gonna have, they're gonna have it available widely in the next couple. Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson, and they have like a baby powder. It's a baby powder vaccine. <laughs> yeah, baby powder. I'll put it on my balls. Cervical cancer. <laughs> so they've said that it has a sixty-three to seventy percent, you know, uh, chance of of being effective. So they're rushing these things, and there's a lot of people who don't want to get it. There's a lot of people who do want to get it. So. I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess it's one of those guinea pig things. Like, do you just kind of wait and see, uh, you know, what the results are for people who are getting the vaccine? Like, are, are they growing a second head? Are they dying a week later? Like, is it like a Larry King or Hank Aaron scenario? Like, yeah. Well, to go, well, well, we'll get back to that. But just to follow up with you, Mike, you asked about the presidents who didn't go to inauguration. In the past, three outgoing presidents. John Adams in 1801, John Quincy Adams in 1829, and, old, and uh, Andrew Johnson in 1869 refused to attend their succession successors' inaugurations. So 152 years, roughly. I set records. I yeah. set records. So they had beef back then. This is back when there were duels. Yeah, people shot this is each like other. like when Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton had a duel. Okay, incredible. The, 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 I think the vice president was killed in a duel Yeah. with, with the secretary of, uh, what was the Burr-Hamilton? Do, do you know about that, Eric? The uh, the duel? The, yeah, the duel. They actually, there was a challenge for a duel, hum, and, and one of them ended up getting killed. I don't wild. Know, I don't think they taught, taught us that in school, but I, I know that that happened. Why did Hamilton <laughs> duel Burr? <laughs> Burr-Hamilton duel fought between the U.S. vice president. The two men had long been political rivals, but the immediate cause of the duel was disparaging remarks Hamilton had allegedly made about Burr at a dinner. <laughs> one of them was from New York or New Jersey or something like that. Oh, it's so good, dude. And, 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 and so the guy who won the uh, duel, which I think was Hamilton, was Hamilton. fatally shot Aaron Burr during this is 1804. He didn't go to jail. He didn't have legal ramifications but he was not popular the rest of his life so <laughs> so you're having a steak dinner with him like yeah there's the asshole that's like there. when you hear Biden I like to take Trump out back behind the gymnasium and punch him like it's just a classic showdown like between the king and Biden at this point the king would probably win yeah I mean he's out of shape he's going to be 75 in June he's puffy um but he is a, a wrestling hall of famer he is in the, <laughs> the he's a imagine if they did like a celebrity boxing match like pay-per-view event <sighs> think about all the money they would raise dude it's yeah. going to be the biggest thing. <laughs> like Roy Jones Jr. and Tyson. Yeah. That, that was, was incredible. That was incredible. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people edged it out for Tyson, but it probably was a draw. I mean, you're looking at two boxers who were past their burn date. I think Tyson's, you know, what's Tyson? 55, 54. Um, Jones has got to be 52. You know, they're not at the height of their powers, but they're still. No, Tyson's 54. Tyson's 54. Yeah. yeah. Jones is like. 52 or something like that. So they gave yeah, it their all. Yeah, he's 52. They gave it their all. I mean, they, they, they went, uh, you know, several rounds, and and uh, it was entertaining for those who watched. And I watched some of the highlights. I, didn't, I was not able to watch the whole fight, but I, I think it's great because Tyson hasn't fought since, like, 2005. Kevin McBride. He fought Kevin McBride, who was a big Irish, Irish dude Irish dude who Boston. trained in Dorchester. You're not talking so tough like your friend there with the pinky ring. I don't care, man, as long as I hit you. You know, man? Dude, you can see that McBride, he, way taller than Tyson, still had the fear and the respect to Tyson, dude. And then after, Tyson was, what, 5'7", five, 5'8"? Five, Maybe 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, still, he, but... 5'10". But, 
Okay, 5'10". St- McBride had to have been 6'3", 6'4", 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". And, he, and, and Tyson was like... Man, my Mc, ha- McBride's 6'6". Six, six. Okay. Oh, so, <laughs> a lot bigger than Tyson. Yeah, yeah and then the way, the way Andrew, they're like... <sighs> you could see the respect, though, that emanated between the two men, and that was a... That was a long time ago, but Tyson's back in the ring, and they're saying Tyson could fight again. They're saying maybe Holyfield and Tyson, some kind of rematch. Like, Does he got any ear left? He's got a little cauliflower left on his right ear, you know, that he can chew. I'm going to nibble on it like a, like a bag of Uts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bag of Uts. He's going to nibble on it like Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. Have what's you read any of that stuff about Army Hammer? So Army Hammer is an actor who's at, like, our age. He's, like, 34 years old. He was in uh, J. Edgar with... Um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he played um, Clyde Tolson, who was the number two at the FBI for many, many years under J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, you know, who, J. Edgar Hoover and, and uh, Clyde Tolson, but let, let's, you know, they were lovers. They were a co- that was a couple, you know. They, uh, they had blackmail on everybody, but there were some people who had blackmail on them. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover basically sent a letter to Martin Luther King telling him to commit suicide. Because he had blackmail on him for infidelities and and uh, you know dalliances he had in hotels behind his wife's back and yeah I mean you know Martin Luther King wasn't perfect he was a man you know he's a human being just like anybody else um, but you know before he was killed he was down there doing uh, a march and a strike with sanitation workers and that that's a whole other podcast we'll do more podcasts talking about Martin Luther King. I just think it's ironic that, like, the FBI tweets about remembering MLK. Here's an MLK speech, by the way. We killed him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. They found in a, in a suit uh, in favor of the King family that there was a government conspiracy to kill him and, and that there were, uh, you know, multiple conspirators involved from the KKK, local police down in Memphis, FBI, um, that were involved in his death, including a fellow named Lloyd Jowers, who ran the uh, bar and grill, which was right across from the uh, hotel balcony where King was shot. But that's neither here nor there. We're getting off topic a little bit. But Army Hammer was talking to uh, several girlfriends about how he, he, he kind of wanted well, to like, chew on. He, was, he wanted to, like, cook up the ribs of his wife. And Army Hammer's ex chew on a finger and reportedly shared disturbing details of the relationship in a new interview. His actions and behavior are dangerous, emotionally, and psychologically damaging. A little over a week ago, unverified screenshots of Ar- Army Hammer talking about being 100% a cannibal were shared across social media. Eat your heart out, Hannibal Lecter. The unverified message is shared and amplified by the account House of Effie, a pair to show <laughs> Army talking about disturbing topics like cannibalism, drinking blood, and rough sex slash rape fantasies. Army has denied the claims, calling them bullshit in a statement of variety. Since then, these allegations have resurfaced. Army's ex, Courtney Vusakovich, some kind of Russian or Ukrainian mail-order bride who's probably very beautiful like Ivanka, who dated Army in 2020 from June to October, has spoken out. He said to me he wants to break my rib and barbecue and eat it, she told Page Six. I mean... I mean, I like ribs. Yeah, but like your wife or your girlfriend's ribs? Like- no. They can't be that tender. I want. To, she said, I want to take a bite out of you. If I had a little cut on my hand, he'd suck it or lick it. That's about as weird as he got, she added. Dude. So is he auditioning to be Hannibal in the new Clarice series? Like, I don't know what's going on with this. He and now looks like a cannibal. <laughs> Army's other ex, Paige Lorenze, or Lorenz, has, has spoken out. The 22-year-old model told Daily Mail TV and revealed disturbing relationships about their relationship. Paige dated Army for four months in late 2020 and said on the first night they spent together, Army had her watch the movie Secretary with Maggie Gyllenhaal. That's a great movie. Oh, yeah. James Spader? Yeah, Spader. That's sick. He wanted me to relate to her emotional problems and the way she finds purpose in life through a dominant partner in BDSM. So he's he's into the BDSM. uh, There were teeth marks and bite marks all over me. He was completely obsessed with biting me. He told me, be proud that those were just love bites. I had had bruises all over me we were together. I was left with marks from him using a paddle. Ooh. Oh, my God, dude. Once he said, if you, <laughs> if you did not tell me to stop, I would eat a piece out of you. And he was serious, too. It was like he actually wanted to eat my flesh away. <laughs> He's got a cannibal fetish. Yeah. 
let's see, he wanted to find a doctor in L.A. so he could remove one of my ribs saying, you do not need it, and then barbecued Barbecued it, <laughs> barbecue and eat it while I watch, she told the outlet. He said that more than once. He was very serious. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah. He's, <laughs> st- he's still like, he's in movies that are coming out. Yeah. He was in the Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. I mean, dude, he's got to get some kind of deal with like some kind of cannibal, a grilling company that fucking caters to people who want barbecued human ribs. <laughs> it's out there. Like a Weber grill endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like a specific girl that will, will help you grill up your fucking partner's ribs. Like, I like I like my ribs with a little bit of Montreal steak seasoning on them. God. Some twisted shit, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't really know where to go with this. Like, Cannibalism is a real thing. It's weird. He just claims that it's all a misunderstanding and he's being kink shamed. People are kink shaming him. Yeah. That's going to be a new, like, you know, designation, LGBTQ cannibal. <laughs> right there. Cannibal. The Q is for cannibal. Q stands Q- for QAnon. QAnon, folks. How about QAnon, dude? What's going on with the QAnon supporters now that the king's out there? Where do they go? Dude, I've been, um, so there's a whole, a subreddit for families dealing with uh, Q people for, um, how to like, how to how to how to navigate people in their lives, like family, friends, uh, coworkers, whoever, people in your life who like fell into the Q thing, and and how to how to like deal with it now that like Hillary never went to prison, never went to Gitmo, uh, you know the inauguration happened, Biden's president, uh, Trump didn't evoke the Insurrection Act, all that stuff. Like he didn't lock up all the pedophiles. No, he didn't. And um, he was rolling deep with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, he was. So, I don't know. It's an interesting... Um, I'm trying to find the name of the Reddit so I can tell you guys to check it out. So, do you think, like, Q is Q like a new religion or, like, a new, like, political party or, like, ideology or, like, what, what do you... Yeah. What do you think about Q? I think it's a, becoming a new religion and, like, a like a cult and... Um, it, it Probably a lot of people will probably run, run from it or, or disavow it now that it's... It's over, and none of this shit really happened. But there will be a uh, core constituency constituency of people who are going to stick with it. They're not going to turn their back on it. No, so it'd be a lot like Scientology. Yeah, it's very similar to Scientology. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Dianetics. Yeah, celebrity it's, center. We're going to have Q celebrity centers. <laughs> you know, we're not going to have Tom Cruise. We're going to have Marjorie Taylor Greene, mm. this congresswoman who chased down one of the Parkland. Yeah, David. Survivors. David. David Hogg, he was down in uh, Congress testifying, like, not long after the shooting. You know, he's, he's like, 18 years old. I, were, I mean, school shootings are a real thing, man. They happen, like, you know, this, this, you look at the way things are, and I, and I think with school shootings, what, what's not talked about as much and should be talked about um, are the psychotropic drugs and the antidepressants and the, you know, um, Prescription prescriptions and drugs that the shooters are on. Well, a lot that's of, where we should what, what we should focus on. Well, yeah, just mental health in general. There's a huge stigma around it, um, and a, a lot of those medicines that they're they're giving to these young kids, these these adolescent kids who they're going through a lot of chemical changes in their brain, and they're giving them all these medicines, just just throwing drugs at them, and they may not necessarily need them, and some of those will have adverse effects and, and make things worse. And even some of the side effects, a lot of those antidepressants, you know, you read them or they tell you, oh, you may, you may experience more suicidal thoughts in the first two weeks. It's like when you're a 16 or 17-year-old oh. kid, you can't differentiate you that stuff. You've got enough suicide thoughts as it it's is. It's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, trying to navigate high school and dealing with, with with that shit, and then throwing that in the mix. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's. I mean, you know, that's one good thing about uh, remote learning. Now there's no more school shootings, right? Or there hasn't been a big one. When's the last one? They're gonna figure out Zoom shootings. Yeah, Zoom shooting. <laughs> I don't know when the last one was, but it's well, like Duck I mean, Hunt now. I mean, Columbine was really the one that like everybody cites as the big, as the big one. If you go back and look at Columbine, I mean they. You know, it's come out that they they were on um, drugs. They were on drugs like that. You know, prescription uh, psychotropic drugs. One of the mothers of one of the shooters, um, I forget I forget the name. I don't know if it was Klebold or Harris, but has done TED talks and a documentary trying to explore and look at why her son ended up 
being one of the shooters. And, you know, the media frenzy after that. I remember I was, I was 12, 13 years old, and the media frenzy is, oh, it's the, where are the parents? It's Marilyn Manson's fault. Hmm. You know, like Bowling for Columbine, I don't know if you ever saw uh, that documentary that Michael Moore did, and they, they, you know, he explored all these issues, but it's, um, it's still relevant to today. And even though COVID dominates the news, this is something that's still been a huge problem for our society the last 20 plus years. Yeah. Uh, so getting, getting back to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. So the other another freshman congresswoman, Cori Bush, said she's moving offices to get away from Taylor Greene after a mask altercation. <laughs> this is like this is this goes back to Tulsi sit on Rogan that Congress is like high school. This is this is proof right here. Democratic Representative Cori Bush of Missouri announced Friday that she'll be moving her office away from Taylor Greene of Georgia following a heated exchange this month where Bush confronted Greene about not wearing a mask in the hallway at Capitol Hill. The fallout led Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, to take the extraordinary step of ordering Bush's office to be moved away from Green following a request from Bush. The latest signs of the growing tensions between the two parties in the aftermath of the deadly riot on Capitol Hill. Can you believe that? That's where we're at right now. Yeah, Th- those ta- are our leaders. Yeah, yeah, those are like the people <laughs> like the leaders. Yeah, our leaders. Yeah, leaders. Yeah. We talked about this in the show, dude. We did the comedy show a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, you got people who were very extreme on either side. You know, you got your anti-mask people who are like, "Oh, COVID's a hoax. It's not real. Nobody's getting sick. You know, it's a it's a Chinese weapon." And and then you got people who are like, "You know, you have to wear the mask at all times, and you're trying to kill my grandparents. And uh, <laughs> if I see you without a mask, I'm going to freak out." And I, I'm in the middle of, of both of that. Like, I, I try to be reasonable and and. Whenever I go to a business, a private business, or somewhere where they say uh, masks are required to enter our establishment, I, I, I wear the mask. You know, if I am going to get with friends or somebody who is not comfortable and um, who would rather have me wear the mask, I'll wear it. And um, so we're not unreasonable about it, but we're also not like, you know, living in complete fear every day of our lives over it. Because yes, it is real, and I, I know we, we've all know people who are dealt with health issues related to COVID. I have a friend right now who was in the ICU and is touch and go. He's my, he's younger than me and uh, he was on a ventilator. So it is very real. Um, but you don't, it doesn't mean you stop living your life completely. Uh, it just means that you make some changes accordingly and, and uh, you meet people where they're at. So you, you avoid altercations like that, you know? And I think we have the science and the technology and the intelligence to to do that, but if our leaders in Congress aren't doing that, then people people around the country are also following suit, setting a bad tone, yeah. bad precedent. And yeah, uh, Green man, she's she's like full chud, dude. Like she's she's scrubbing Facebook posts. So um, let's see, yeah, she so she's a freshman in Congress. After CNN reported it early this week, showed Green repeatedly indicated support for executing prominent Democratic politicians in 2018 and 2019. Uh, they reviewed hundreds of posts and comments from Green's Facebook page, and several other previous comments and actions from yeshi- recent years have resurfaced and faced new scrutiny, including a con- yeah you were talking about this Mike a confrontation with Parkland shooting survivor David Hogg, and another agreeing with people who said that the shooting was a false flag operation. Uh, CNN reported that Green's removed dozens of Facebook posts from 2018 and 2019. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So so if you remove the post, and does that mean like she never said it or she doesn't believe it? You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, in today's world. Does it like, um, does it like magically make it <laughs> better? Existed. Yeah, yeah, it's like taking white out. I just took white out to the post. I never said it, you know? Well, that, I mean, I think that's another thing, too. You got to think about, you know, if you're going to run for public office, you, you got to willingly know that you have these skeletons in your closet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like everything you've said on social media. Yeah, it's going to come on scrutiny. Like they dig stuff up like so far back. Yeah. Yeah, it, when I ran for a state rep in 2012, uh, I ran against John Hunt, who's uh, he's he's held the seat over there in Ringe since 1986, the year I was born. And he, he came up to me at something, and he's like, you know, kind of he was being a little snarky, and he's like, yeah, you know, I know, I know you're running as Republican now. You you were you were vice president of the College Democrats when you were at Pierce. I was like, yeah, I was. <laughs> like he had he had some big he dug up some big thing on it me. It was also right. six years ago. Yeah, when I was in college. But uh, yeah, you're right, man. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's it, petty. There's it's, a lot of petty. It's petty, but that's that's part of that's part of the uh, 
part of the game and part of the landscape when you want to run for office. And I obviously would like to run for office again, but that's always in the back of your mind, you know? What, what, what kind of shit did I say as a college kid, as a, you know, just when you were younger? I mean, if you, if you had to be held to everything you said in your life, I mean, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Well, you should be able to change your mind. I mean, if you don't change your mind, it doesn't show evolution or maturity or, uh, uh, you know, retention of, uh, you know, information and facts given to you that counter what you believed yeah. about something. It doesn't, it doesn't show that you've evolved or you've learned from anything. So you should be able to change your mind. I mean, I think you talk to most people who are being honest, you know, views they held 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago might not be what they're, what they believe now. You know, some of it could be, but you know, people evolve, man. People change their views and uh, they should be allowed to do so and explain it, explain why they do so. So it's, uh, you know, Biden and the Democrats have the majority for at least the next two years in the White House, in the Senate, in the House. So I'm very interested to see what they can do. It doesn't look like they're really going to be able to do much. I mean, what can Bernie do as chairman of the budget, Senate Budget Committee? Sell mittens? <laughs> Is he going to counter McConnell? I mean, are they, are they going to use McConnell as their boogeyman, or are they going to actually do something? I don't know. It's supposed to be a stimulus coming through. Like, where is it? Yeah, where that two grand? I want that too large. So, what are we watching now, Mike? What are we binging on? That's that's important. We just we just did uh, True Detective again. We went uh, all, you we did went, all three seasons. We went through all three seasons. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's good. One is my favorite season, which you hear a lot from people. What was that first season of True Detective? No, that first season of True Detective was scary. That was truly frightening. It was downright frightening. That was downright frightening. It was, too. Yeah. By season three, though, they're openly talking about the Franklin Scandal, which, uh, you know, is a book I read recently by John DeCamp, which talks about uh, child trafficking out of Nebraska in the 80s, uh, which was run by uh, a top GOP Republican guy named Larry King, who's still alive, by the way. Um, not, not the Larry King who just died. Mm. May he rest in peace. Not that Larry King. Uh, Lawrence King from the Franklin uh, Credit Union out of uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And um, this is a true story. This is not this Q bullshit. And this is the thing that really pisses me off personally about the whole QAnon. There's so, there's uh, kernels and nuggets of truth that get thrown into QAnon, and then it gets, it gets mixed in and diluted with complete bullshit, complete and utter bullshit. Because the, the real research and the real truth and the real information that's actually been available publicly for 30 and 40 years is out there. And then they take that and they mix it in with some wild choose-your-own-fantasy, choose-your-own-ending-adventure, live-action role-play, and then that becomes a narrative. And it's that saying, throw the baby out with the bathwater. It couldn't be further from the truth. So if you have watched True Detective, you at least have a baseline about some of this information. So I, I would recommend you read the Franklin cover-up by John DeCamp and then read the Franklin scandal by uh, Nick Bryant. Yeah, I just started uh, the Franklin cover-up yeah you have that first book. book yeah john DeCamp. You no know, john DeCamp, who, who he was the senator he was right a serious dude he was a republican state senator from nebraska who was friends with uh uh governor Kerry from nebraska um who, who was a vietnam veteran DeCamp was a vietnam veteran very close friends with the cia director uh casey casey william who, casey casey who died mysteriously in that uh, they said he was a he was like in a, uh, a boat, and uh, he left a meal on the table and then went out in a rowboat and then fucking had a heart attack and died. I mean, that dog doesn't hunt. That's a very suspicious story. Uh, but John DeCamp was, was a decorated Vietnam War veteran, respected by Democrats and Republicans in Nebraska, um, took information and testimonies and affidavits, uh, was a, a lawyer for a lot of the victims. And, it, you know, if... If you think the Q thing is bullshit, I agree with you. I think Q, QAnon is complete bullshit. Um, but there is part of the claims that are actually true um, about elite pedophilia, about child trafficking, about rings that go not just around the country but actually through the world. And this is precursor to the whole Jeffrey Epstein scandal. This was, oh, Epstein was doing this in the 80s and 90s too. But look up Lawrence King and Craig Spence and the Franklin scandal. Uh, if you actually really spend the time looking into that and you understand that there was a Discovery Channel documentary that was going to air in the early 90s, which was taken off the air, um, you know, at the last minute. I mean, that, you know, the proof's in the pudding. It's all right there. So, Mike, it was uh, William Colby who died 
mysteriously Colby, okay. in the drowning. Colby, and then Casey yeah. died of a brain tumor. So okay. I don't know. I don't remember which one DeCamp was buddies with. Who's the one that, like, drowned? Uh, Colby? William Colby. Okay. DeCamp was friends with Colby. Colby. Okay. God, I, have, I can't remember every CIA director well, off well, the top of my head. Colby's. In the 90s, right? 80s or 90s, he was. Uh, uh, Colby no, died. When did he die? Colby died in 96. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> out like canoeing. Yeah, he was. Out, he that reminded me of Manchurian Candidate with um, John Voight. Totally. When uh, uh, yeah, Liv Shriver. Liv Shriver fucking goes out there all, all triggered and like a like a robot. Yeah. So you know, it, for anybody listening who doesn't think that this is possible and this doesn't happen and this is bullshit, look into the Franklin scandal. Look into Sandusky and Penn State. Look into the Dutro affair in Belgium. You know, look into all of that. That's all true. That's all documented. And no one's ever been brought to justice for most of that, you know, except for like a front man or, or you well, know. Well, but Q, Q poisoned the well and all that. Q did poison the well, and that, that's what really upsets me about the whole Q thing because a lot of the adherents and supporters of Q don't do their due diligence. diligence. They've never done any real research into it. They haven't spent 20 years trying to sift through the fucking bullshit, and they, they just lap everything up lock, stock, and barrel and without even checking into it. Forget about one source, two sources. Forget about it. Forget about any sources. Forget, exactly. It's, anonymi- it's an anonymous message board. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's an anonymous message board, and that's where you lose people. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to have people on the podcast who have done more research than we have and written about it um, who can talk about it more conclusively, but... We try to, you know, mix it in there a little bit with some of our comedy. What would you think about the comedy show? That was we, fun. We actually did a comedy show for the first time in a long time. Yeah. With you as Trump. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, Trump's farewell address, and we had 50 people come out to the Woodbound Inn over in Ringe. And it was just a nice night to uh, let loose and do some comedy and, uh, you know, perform in front of a live crowd. It was, it was the first time I performed in front of a crowd of people um, since February. Of 2020. Almost a year. Yeah, it was basically almost a year. And uh, you opened the show, which was fun. Uh, Ricky was in the audience. Yep, I was yeah. there. You had fun, right? Yeah, it was a great time. It was It was good. It was. It was yeah. a great time. Yeah. You I th- probably hadn't been to a comedy show since Texas. I didn't go. Uh, yeah, Joe Rogan. Saw Rogan, right? Yeah, I saw Rogan. To, yeah, November 2019 is the weekend after you guys visited. Yeah, it, it was it was good. I mean, you know, we, we took all the precautions and everyone wore their chin diapers and they separated the tables by six feet. Yeah, we're we're spaced out. Yeah, it was good. I haven't heard of, of any issues. And uh, the Woodbound Inn did well that night, and it was the first time I had someone play Melania. That was yeah, great. That's hilarious. <laughs> she had it down. She had to look down. It was my friend Geneva um, from Manchester, and um, she got the wig and she created her own melania jacket yeah the jacket that's a nice touch the fucking jacket dude uh <laughs> it's almost like a camo jacket with white out on the back it looked like white out <laughs> i don't care do you is that what yeah. it said i don't care i'm gonna look it up well, yeah it was it was great it looked i don't care do you yeah here it is why did melania wear that jacket in the first place we gotta talk to q about that there's all kinds of cute there's all kinds of pigeon droppings uh pigeon shit droppings <laughs> yeah, on the jacket q, droppings, q, droppings. q droppings i don't know what that was all about that was her saying something to the king like I know you banged Stormy Daniels, you know? Yeah. I don't really care. I don't even, I, I've actually never met Stormy Daniels. She could walk in this room with her double Z boobs hanging out and her horse teeth, and I wouldn't know her, quite frankly. It was great. Uh, part of your material was like, Stormy has to pay for the sex. She has to pay. No, she does. She's once the, the woman pays, <laughs> not the guy. She has to pay all the legal fees. I literally gave her the best 28 seconds of her life, believe me. That was when Baron was just born, Mike. Yeah. Was that that in Salt Lake City or where? Yeah, it was at like a golf um, tournament. There's a great photo of the king with uh, Stormy where he's like, he's wearing like a golf shirt or like a a polo or something. And Stormy's there with, you know, things all pushed up. And and they're like, well, why did you sleep with Donald Trump? And she's like. (laughs) I wanted to be on The Apprentice. She's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't know. It's so good. He did dude. talk to her about her being on The Apprentice. That yeah, was I mean, definitely kind of yeah. Two thousand six. It was thrown out there. Yeah. Stormy Daniels said it was the worst ninety seconds of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was wrong. I I said thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Double uh, it. She was paid one hundred and thirty grand in hush money through uh, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen. He really he uh, he tried to take a turn towards the light, Mike, didn't he? <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, dude. 
Cohen knew what he was doing the entire time. And he got caught, and he, did, he should have made a culpa. Yeah. It really is Omerta, though. I mean, like, the king values Omerta over anything. How about the king now at Mar-a-Lago do the king in exile? What, do you, what, what, what are we going to see with king in exile? Well, you we saw um, Kevin McCarthy went down there to kiss the ring and just reaffirm the House leadership of the Republican Party's support and that they're, they're in line and they're not going to abandon ship. I mean, Trump has, Trump has control over the Republican Party right now. At and least through 2022. Yeah, yeah, they're talking about that. Don Jr.'s talking about it. I don't know, man. He's just, you know, look, I'm going to golf. I'm going to eat some Big Macs. I'm going to hang out at Mar-a-Lago, you know. He's going to do whatever he wants on him, basically. I don't, I don't think he wants to run again. What do you think? He just wanted to do the work. I mean, he didn't want to do the work when he was president. Yeah, so, well, he liked the title and the idea of being president, but like he actually, likes the adulation, the flattery, the, the butt kissing, the, the power, <laughs> the power. Yeah, but like the actual like work of like governing though, and and no, <laughs> yeah, he's he doesn't do any of that. You, you can't, and you can't run a nation like a business. Like <laughs> you can't treat people that way. Mm-mm. <laughs> right, Respect like, results. Yeah, allies, you're treating allies like that. Yeah, he's going to be vindictive the next couple of years. He is going to slam perceived and real and real enemies. Um, he's going to do everything he can to make Biden's life a living hell. Uh, any Senate Democrats, of course, congressional Democrats, but also congressional and Senate Republicans. Yeah, that, that he views he perceives as, as traitors. I mean, basically, Mike. He kind of was like creating an environment where he wanted Mike Pence to be like killed. He wasn't checking attacked. on him. Yeah, during the, se- the quote unquote siege. Normally, when you think about those kind of plots, it's the VP who wants the president killed, like Johnson and Kennedy. Right, or like that movie we just watched with Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. Oh, fucking Evil uh, has fallen. Or, or, uh, 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 yeah, it's the third one. It was oh, uh, the third one. I only bad. saw the first one. Morgan bad. Freeman. They like, made three of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. Like Olympus is falling. Yeah, I Olympus is London falling. is falling, and the third one is like Morgan Freeman's fucking. You know, glucose levels are falling. <laughs> no, it was uh, Eagle. E- was it Eagle? Is I'll falling? look it up. Jordan Butler's probably like almost 60. Oh, yeah, machine gun preacher. He's 51. Okay, he's, put, oh, he, so he, he, he's uh, playing like a secret service agent trying to save Morgan. A- Fre- Angel has fallen. Angel has fallen. <laughs> and then Angel, which is a code name for Pre- POTUS, president. They're, do, they're doing another one. No, they're not. Future. In November, Alan Siegel announced plans for a fourth, fifth, and sixth, sixth film. Six? <laughs> and it was revealed that it's going to be called Night Has Fallen. They're doing it, Mike. I mean, zombies it, are coming. Yeah, yeah, the zombies <laughs> are going to come in the White House. It was entertaining. I mean, I'm not. I'm not I I'm went not, to bed. I didn't watch not, it. I did. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, till the bitter end. Of course, Mike did. I'm not sitting here saying that I wasn't entertained, but my God, he's like, I want you to be Secret Service, the head of Secret. I mean, just, dude is tired. Dude, it was tired like ten years ago. Like, if I'm being honest. Yeah. They keep making them. I mean, it had a eighty million dollar budget, and the box office did one hundred and forty seven million. Wait, wait, Nick Nolte's in it? Yeah, he plays Gerard Butler's dad. Jesus, he's out in the woods doing leaves in his hair, like like. Morgan Freeman is fucking. He's got to be seventy four. He's eighty three. Okay, okay, he's he's fucking. He's older than Biden. Unless Nick Nolte, I can't even believe he's alive. He's got to be 75, 76. He's 79. 79? Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you get drunk in Malibu? Why'd you fall asleep at an airport? <laughs> he, he, yeah, he just looks like a drunk hermit in every movie he he's looks done. terrible. What was the movie he done? Warrior with... Um, oh, that was a good movie. If you guys haven't seen Warrior, man, that was uh, Edgerton. Joel, Joel Edgerton. Edgerton and Tom Hardy. That's actually a really good movie. That was a really good movie. You know, and we also oh, watched 2011. Uh, yeah, Warrior. We watched the uh, Night Stalker documentary series. Oh, R- Ramirez, Richard Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah, you watched all that. Yeah, I didn't really watch the whole thing. Did you watch that too, Ricky? No, some of it. I watched like a couple minutes of it. I, I read a lot about him a while back. In college, when I was you in studied college. that in college, right? Criminology. Yeah. Oh, no, I, just, I just find that my attention spans very, very, very short now. Dude, it goes to anything. If it doesn't suck me in the first five minutes, forget it. Dude, after my work day, I'm like lucky I can walk. Yeah, you know? Sta- I'm staring at a computer all day. Like, so I, fucking, I don't want to watch TV. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're just kind of like, I'm just going to go. What I do, what do I do? Like, I go in my chamber. I call it executive, executive time. time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> executive time. I just go. In, I just close the door in my room and I go. I, get it. I have executive. Look, I had executive time. Okay. I get it. Yeah, I've been trying to read more, but. Uh, 
Yeah, Ramirez, you just watch the Night Stalker. I'm not going to go into it. Just watch Night Stalker uh, on Netflix. What disturbs me, which will not get a Netflix series, is the release this week of the intelligence asset mm. terrorist Omar Saeed Sheikh, who was involved in the kidnapping of Daniel Pearl in 2002. Um, if people were listening, you remember the very first like viral beheading? Yeah. Remember when beheadings were like... There was no ISIS. There was no ISIS. This new beheading. Oh, no, it was way before ISIS. Oh, oh, yeah, before ISIS. Yeah, well, we had to destroy Iraq first before there could be ISIS. But um, (laughs) yeah, to create them. Daniel Pearl was a Wall Street uh, Journal journalist um, who went over to Pakistan to investigate terror financing, and he was kidnapped. He was lured into a plot by a man named Omar Saeed Sheikh, who was also a recent father, just like Daniel Pearl. And he trusted him. You know, he was like, I don't know anybody in Pakistan. Like, I'm, dude, do you know anyone in Pakistan? No. So no. you have someone who reaches out to you who's like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I know, you know, I know what your publication is. And I, I just had a, a child recently. And, yeah, I can take you around and show you whatever. This guy was, was uh, part of a plot to kidnap Daniel Pearl, uh, which ultimately led to his beheading. And they just released him from prison. How long was he in prison for? Probably, uh, probably you know, fifteen to seventeen years. Prison in Pakistan. In Pakistan, yeah. So they didn't but kill him. He was. I mean, obviously, he's like some kind of. He's British intelligence or well, if you look Pakistani in, intelligence. If you look into this guy. Yeah, he's a triple agent. You know, you're talking about uh, Pakistani intelligence, British intelligence, Western intelligence, feeding information to all these sources. A lot of it played out. Um, was clearly involved in the plot to kidnap and murder Daniel Pearl. The, the actual murderer, you know, and beheader of Daniel Pearl was was wearing a black hood, so we, we can't... But don't they think it was Syed Sheikh? Well, they think it's Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, but oh, he KSM. also... Khalid Sheikh Mohammed also commit, uh, admitted to crimes that, that happened before he was the born. The Kennedy assassination. <laughs> he, he was under duress. He was waterboarded. He was waterboarded. Uh, Khalid, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, one of the masterminds of 9-11, supposedly, um, admitting that, you know, if I was waterboarded 100-plus times... I'd probably admit the Kennedy assassination. Even what did Ventura say about Cheney, Mike? Give me a waterboard, Dick Marsenko, and Dick Cheney will have him confessing to the Sharon Tate murders. Yeah, in like 20 minutes, even less. Not quickly. That was one of the great quotes that he had on Larry King. Yeah. That was Ventura went viral on Larry King talking about waterboarding someone. So you want to get a false confession from somebody, waterboard them. But there's a ton of evidence about this guy who just got released. You can look on it, NPH. Uh, excuse me, NPR.org. It's all out there. They just released this guy out of prison. Um, not only was he involved in ki- you know, kidnapping uh, Daniel Pearl, who was a journalist looking into terror financing, he was involved in 9-11 attacks. Uh, he was ordered to send $100,000 to the lead hijacker from Flight 11, Mohammed Atta, through Pakistani intelligence. And that was never really investigated. There are articles about that. There's information. There's actually FBI information about that, but it doesn't really go much further than that. But if you look at it, there's a lot of open source information that actually points to that. So they just let this guy out of prison. So one of the guys who was involved in the 9-11 attacks, the financing of the 9-11 attacks was just released from prison, but we have to talk about the siege of the capital. Domestic terrorism. So, Well, yeah, we don't have... There, there's, no, there's no more fucking... Radical Islamic. There's no more Al Qaeda or ISIS anymore. We don't. We don't have to uh, overthrow countries and regime change and spend trillions. Apparently not anymore. We got to do it here in America now. <laughs> so I mean, why why was Daniel Pearl killed, Mike? What was it? I mean, what is what is that all about? Like, what was well, that? Well, it's a great film called The Mighty Heart, which Angelina Jolie produced and was in, um, which which explored the story and the terror financing and the connections between Western intelligence, Pakistani intelligence, the Mujahideen, Bin Laden. And uh, I think he was sniffing around, you know, he was looking into those areas and they, they, you know, they kidnapped him and they got rid of him right quick. They couldn't have that. Charlie Wilson's War, if you've never seen that, skims the surface a little bit. It's cartoonish. Oh, well, first of that all, got Julia Roberts. Tom Hanks. that got Tom Hanks and Julia first Roberts. Of, dude, if you, want to, if you want to tell the truth of something about something, do not hire Tom Hanks. They got Julia Roberts fisting Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks bought the rights to Vincent Bugliosi's masturbatorium, you know, about the assassination. And he produced that Parkland series, which is all fucking bullshit. We were down at Dealey Plaza with Hum. Okay, there was there was a shot 
you know, that blew the back of his head out, which did not come from behind him. It came from the front. We'll do a whole episode about that. <laughs> but that's so Tom many Hanks. episodes. You want to know how I feel about Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is a fucking asshole, okay? <laughs> Whenever they want to do a snow job or a cell job, whether it's FedEx or the Eleven Commission or the Warren Commission, they bring in Tom Hanks. Or Sully. Sully. Oh, yeah, Miracle Sully. on the Hudson. Oh, fuck you. You know what, Tom Hanks? Fuck you. Come on the podcast. Let's talk about it. He's like, let's, come on the view, bitch. Yeah, let's talk about the... J- I, I want to have Tom Hanks on the podcast to talk about the JFK assassination. I don't think that will ever happen, but here's to wishing. We could, we could only hope. Yeah, that, that is really weird, man. And uh, Saeed Sheik, he's out there. He's free. He's a free man. Dude, NPR reported on it. Don't take my or word dude, for how it. about when they let the fucking Lockerbie dude go? Yeah. I watched oh, Lockerbie, uh, that's a whole great thing. PBS series about the Lockerbie bombing um, that happened over in Scotland. And this great investigative journalist or documentary maker, filmmaker, his brother actually died in the Lockerbie bombing. And he spent probably like... Over a decade, right? I mean, it's really since it's happened, he's easily he's been curious about it. Late eighties, right? Wondering what happened, who did it, who was involved, why did it happen? And uh, he just they made this great documentary where they followed him over to Libya. They followed him. He went to Germany. He went to Switzerland, and he really dug deep into Lockerbie and why it happened and who were the players involved. And he even got down to going to this obscure uh, office in Switzerland with the guy, a Swiss dude. Who had a history of working with Libyan intelligence? With the clock or the timer? With the timer or? on the bomb, it was really interesting. I never really looked too much into Lockerbie. Um, yeah, let me let me look up the name of that. You wa- did you watch the whole the thing, G- Mike? Gaddafi's government, yeah, or intelligence sources within his government that were complicit, that were in fact involved with that, right? You know, and this year, two thousand twenty-one, we are at the twenty-year anniversary of nine eleven. We're going to be doing a lot of episodes and a lot of guests related to 9-11 um, because there's still so much information that should be released, and, you know, and that is coming out. My yeah, brother's bomber. That, yeah, that was the uh, front line, right? My brother's was bomber. Yep, front? yeah, you're right, front line. Yep, front line. His name, Ken Dornstein. He was 19 years old and his brother David was one of 189 Americans killed in the bombing of Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland. So, I mean, it, it was its just—it was a really interesting three-part documentary um, about his pursuit of the truth. And he got to the point where he was able to get over to the compound where the bomber was, was dying, the, the dude they let out for compassionate release. And um, Dornstein connected with this old British dude, this based old British dude. Whose daughter died. Whose daughter died in the bombing. And this, this British guy... Uh, believed that the bomber was innocent and that it wasn't it wasn't like a Libyan intelligence plot and he kind of became but he was buddies with with the dude with um and on his, he was invited over on the deathbed yeah like, when the Libyan guy was dying right the British guy who was older you know was like a respected and renowned doctor researcher yeah he's a sharp professional dude. you know McGrahi McGrahi was the name of the, the, the bomber yeah well the dude the dude who went to prison for it he clearly he was the front man, the front guy, the face of the operation. But you know, and, I, and then they talk more about what the motivation could have been for the Libyans to do this. And, and I learned a lot that um, was it Reagan or yeah, maybe Reagan who bombed Libya. Yeah, it was Reagan because well, Reagan Reagan was getting gully with Gaddafi. Right, they, they were you know right, and then tough with each other. And then the Libyans bombed a discotheque in Germany that killed a bunch of Americans, a bunch of American GIs who were there or other people. So it was a terrorist bombing. And then it was like tit for tat. So it was just, you know, back and forth, fucking around. And uh, Lockerbie was was a uh, was an end result of that, you know? In Scotland. Yeah. The thing that got me was the people on the ground who were killed. Yeah. Like people right, you're at home like just watching TV. Then a fuselage is in your living room. It's like home. Donnie Darko. <laughs> it really is, oh, dude. Donnie Darko precursor. Dude. <laughs> and, and that, that plane in New York that went down after oh, 9-11. Yeah. I, for, I don't know the details about that, but I mean, you just imagine you're sitting in your house. You're just settling in to watch Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and the fucking engine comes in through your window. <laughs> you know, specifically on Dawson's Creek. Right. Joey, Basie, you're Dawson. Who's minding your own business? Or is it all three of them? <laughs> you're watching. Or is it fucking Dawson's mom? She's hot. You know, you're you're watching Dawson's Creek. <laughs> it's like 2002, and you're watching Dawson's Creek. <laughs> the you're flogging into Dawson's Creek, and uh, Peter Griffin singing the Dawson's I don't Creek. Wanna <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> into my Ford Toyota. Yeah. What is it? I want. I want to buy a. He's like sitting in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna call it up. It's all pure comedy, but uh, it's been it's been great to come back. 2021. We're coming into it hot. Um, I don't know. What do you want to add, Eric? Do you want to talk about the Dawson's Creek? Yeah, he's like, I don't want to wait. Hold on, we'll yeah. Kind of like drops out and comes cuts back in. I don't want to wait for my lunch to get colder. Why can't I eat it now? I don't want to wait for the new Toyota. I want the car that's got a lot of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Toyota. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm just we got new Mighty Ducks. Speaking to Joshua oh, Jackson, yeah, yeah. We got new. He'll show up. Disney Plus is killing it. Yeah, Disney Plus is like I'm the new captain of the ship. I'm the captain of the Star ship now. Yeah, Grogu and Baby Yoda and the kid. Dude, there's Gro- so much good content on there. Grogu's everything. Just the, just the Star Wars franchise alone. It's That's it. Just having all those movies, it's it rules. The sequel trilogy is now hated more than the prequel trilogy. So everybody who dumped on Hayden Christensen in Episode One through Three. Force Awakens is acceptable to the fan base, but Episode 8 and 9 is not. They're going to retcon the shit out of that with Disney+. Plus. Mark my words. Mike is claiming, Humby, that... Um, uh, which director, Mike? Ryan Johnson? Abrams. J.J. Abrams actually filmed a 10-minute scene of Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford together. Really? Yeah. 2014, 15. What's your source on this, Mike? Is this WikiLeaks? Where are you getting this from? It's not like, is this Vault 7? <laughs> yeah, this is Q. Yeah, this is Q. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Q told me Carrie Fisher's not dead. She was doing a very rare form of cocaine that didn't kill her. It stopped her heart, but she was still alive. She's like a zombie in Haiti. Serpent of the Rainbow type thing. She went underground. Harrison Ford came. Harrison Ford's one of the billion empires. Like by Google. <laughs> Oh, basically, there's a source that reports on Star Wars and has reported on the very accurate things related to Star Wars and some things that are not that accurate. But they said that they filmed a a scene in front of a green screen with uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford. And uh, that will be retconned as part of a new Disney Plus uh, deal. Which, I mean, dude, it's possible... Dude, Disney Plus is fucking killing it right now at Star Wars. Like, yeah. like whatever were the problems we have with Disney, we can go into that. We can talk about our problems with Disney. They are killing it, dude. With Mandalorian, dude, they got a, a Bubba Fett standalone comic. Like, dude, he's he's my favorite character in all dude. the Star Wars universe. And they got him to come back from the the prequels. Yeah, the, I'm so dude, excited for that. The original so guy excited. is like bald and fat now. They're like, how about these young people who were fighting for a ball for excited for a bald and a fat guy? <laughs> <laughs> dude, he shows up at Jawa's palace. He kills the dude with the dick on his head. <laughs> takes over the throne, dude. I'm, dude, I'm here for it. I'm so excited for it. You know, that's my song. We talked about a lot of serious stuff tonight. You have to be able to laugh. You gotta, you gotta be into something that's like, you know, not that serious, a little bit distracting. And Star Wars is it for us? Well, you I know. Mean, and then, and then we didn't eat Cobra Kai. His life. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that next. Quiet, time. Say my quiet, quiet. Johnny Lawrence. We'll talk, I'll talk about how Johnny Lawrence saved me. We'll talk about that next time. He did save you, didn't he? It, it, they, they, you know, Cobra Kai is the template in the model upon which any respect. Mighty Ducks. We're seeing my, Mighty Ducks is following suit. Exactly. Yeah. They're gonna, dude. They're gonna get gold. They're gonna keep Goldberg off heroin. They're gonna get Goldberg back between the pipes. Have, have you seen the picture of him from yeah. the year after now? Ooh, oh bad. wait. Oh now? Yeah. Oh, I just saw a picture shit. of him the other day. Let me look. Yeah, yeah. He's like a year sober, dude. He actually like looks like him. <laughs> yeah, he looked like a deflated basketball. Instead of doing heroin, was he eating cheeseburgers again? He could get in the net. I mean, the Bruins could. I mean, the Bruins are doing pretty well. They don't need Goldberg, but yeah, Goldberg, Mighty Ducks. What's his name? The actor's name, Mike. That was, that was so sad to see that. Oh shit, he does, Ricky. He looks great, man. Sean Weiss. Or Sean He's Weiss fucking Sean Weiss. Yeah. One year of sobriety. Oh, dude. Two days ago. That is fucking awesome, man. That was so. Him. That was so sad when they showed the initial picture of him. Yeah, but you know that that's Hollywood for child stars. And again, that's mm. going to be that could be a whole episode. I, I think, I think we should you know, talk about Alex Winter's documentary um, about child stars. Oh, from watched. Bill and Ted. Yeah, from yeah. The, the, the the blonde from Bill and Ted made a really great documentary about child stars. Get, guess what? Uh, Sean Weiss's net worth is according to uh, CelebrityNetWorth.com. Ten eighteen dollars. 
five hundred dollars. Really? Yeah, that's what it says right here. Dude, I'm richer than Goldberg. <laughs> I guess so. Oh fuck, man. <laughs> Poor guy. They had the pedal swirl though, dude. Like on the helmet. Yeah, they did. We'll he, he, oh, yeah, it looks good though. Holy fuck, man! They they told, look, yeah. photo hum. They rehabbed him, dude. Yeah, right here. That's from the other day. Holy he shit! He, they got better. him new teeth. Yeah, he got new teeth. He and looks a lot better, dude. He looks he looks fucking. I met one of the. I met um, human again. Oh, that's great. Pete and Pete. He was in Danny Tamborelli. Danny Tamborelli, uh, yeah, younger younger brother. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. his I, band I, play. I party with him. Yeah, he was. Um, oh yeah, Harlos? He's in a band called uh, Jounce. Jounce, who played at Harlow's Pub in Peterborough, New Hampshire. And then we, I met him back in September of 2016. It was a lot of fun. We did a shot of tequila. We had some beers. We talked about Pete and Pete and the Mighty Ducks. A very great, compassionate dude, very talented musician. Married now, I think, with a kid, so not going out as much. I mean, well, no one's going out as much. Now, was was he pretty candid and open about you know his time as you know quote unquote child star? We didn't get into it that much, but I I, I was you know in the green room at Harlow's, which is you know where the band where this is a very small space. It's it it's basically like a couch with a fridge in the back of Harlow's, and you know. Dave, the owner, you know, thankfully brought me back to meet him. I'm like, oh, I want to meet him and say hi to him. And um, he just said, yeah, you know, that w- it was a great show. Everybody did like it, and and uh, I said it was a big part of my childhood. And and that's a and we both discussed our mutual love for Weezer. Um, they they did play a Weezer cover that night. There was only like three three people in the audience. Which and didn't he comment to you like, "Hey man, I hear you're in a band and you sell this place out." Yeah, you guys have more of a crowd here than we, we do. We should do a show with you guys with Northern Stone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was cool. When I when I was in New York City that weekend, I wasn't up here. That was a cool memory. And uh, yeah. I looked on Mike's he was Facebook. Great. No, he was great. And I see a picture of him with fucking I, Danny Tamborelli. I'm like, that's I'd awesome. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. Sure. That'd we'll be, try to get you on the podcast. That'd be cool. Yeah, that that was that's a cool thing, Danny Tamborelli. But, yeah, I'm happy for Sean Weiss. And you know what, man? I think Goldberg will probably make an appearance in the Mighty Ducks. Who who wouldn't love that kind of comeback? I hope so, yeah. You know? It'd Absolutely. Be, it'd be incredible, Mike. Dude, you look at the stuff that we're booting now. It's like 30, 40 years old. Like, dude, <clears> Hollywood <throat> is so out of ideas. Network Netflix is like... We'll give this $10 million. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> Here's our $10 million seed. They're just Here's cashing you desperate in on nostalgia. Because you had a crack yeah. pipe last week, and you're desperate for $500. Here's $10 million. We're giving you $10 I mean, million. Look, look what they did, Mike, with Cobra Kai. Oh, dude. It's everything. Machio and, yeah. Crease. <laughs> dude, he's in his 70s. They explore his, his Vietnam War backstory. Humby, that was incredible. Dude, that yeah. dude's in his 70s, Ricky. Yeah, that I, I like the flashbacks, and it's just like an interesting... Point of view. It fills in some stuff, and it, and it actually works. Yeah, it worked for me, Mike. I didn't. I mean, there's all, always going to be a level of cheese, but like, it's actually really well done. It is. Really, it is the template for how it should be done. I, I like it. it is. I like so Cobra. We'll Are we getting more. at least one more? Se- well, how much more Cobra Kai are we getting? Two to three seasons. Yeah, I think they confirmed five seasons. Okay. Last I so read, they've so done two, three, two more. Yeah, at so least two more. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure. And as far as horror film reboots and remakes go, a Friday the 13th should be the template. 2009, Platinum Dooms. Say what you will about Michael Bay. We'll get into it more next time. I love you guys. It's been a lot of fun. What do you think? Yeah, you ready to pull the plug for do tonight? You, do you got, do you have, do you got no. anything more to say? Or I'm having a blast, man. This you know, is great. Yeah, it is yeah, great. It's we, fun. You know? No, we're, we're, uh, we're really excited to have a, you know, a studio space, um, you know, Ricky's got unbelievable equipment here. You know, the quality of everything is going to be a thousand times better than what we were doing before. And, um, yeah, there's just there's there's so much to cover. And obviously, you know, Mike and I have been doing this since 2015, right? And we've had on a lot of cool guests. We've had on a lot of interesting people um, from all across the spectrum. And We want to continue to do yeah, so. Yeah, we just want to keep doing it. We want to keep talking to people. and We want to talk to people who are left, right, in between, <coughs> non-political, non-aligned, um, beyond labels. Yeah. Well, that's how we're going to heal our country. That's actually how we're going to go forward and work together. Um, and I thought it was so great what uh, a couple of bros could do on Reddit against, you know, hedge funds and big finance. And we could actually continue to do that on multiple levels. Yeah, absolutely. And we just talk well, to each other. Real, not look Twitter, at each other Twitter, is, Twitter is not real life. 
No. Social no, media. None of social media is. Social media is not real life, and, and that's what we want to reinforce with uh, our podcast here. And I'm really looking forward to it and then talking to – there's so many, you know, we, what did we write up, Mike? A list of like 60 guests the other night. The wish list is vast. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of it's cool. Coming. A lot of cool people on, on the list that we want to interview. So, yeah, we appreciate you tuning in. And um, like Mike said earlier, if you want to become a patron, you know, we're really looking to just really build this thing up and keep expanding and growing um, and, and really being able to do a lot more with content. Um, and, and flying in guests and, and all that. It all costs money. You know, everything everything costs money. So if you'd like to become a patron, you would just ask for five bucks a month. Uh, you go to patreon.com slash jackmanradio and um, throw down five dollars a month and that will go a long way. You know, um, we got a lot of cool things we want to do in projects and interviews. We want to do skits. You know, there's the, the sky, really the sky's the limit. So we're on all, uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Podbean, and our YouTube channel is uh, Jackman Radio. And uh, yeah, really excited about this. This is going to be a lot of fun. 2021, the sky's the limit. It's going to be we good. Go. Well, uh, you know, Ricky, thanks. Thank you. This was a great first uh, first go at it here in the studio, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, there's uh, a lot of good stuff on the horizon. It I'm is. Excited. And, and we're really excited to have uh, Ricky on the third mic with us and He's, he's got a great background in music and, and, and a lot of, you know, interesting and cool people in his network. And, yeah, we just want to keep expanding and growing, and we really appreciate you listening. So thank you for tuning in, and take care of yourself. <laughs>